Welcome to Season 4 of Marla by the Numbers, the podcast from the International Association of Fairs and Expositions, with your host, Marla Calico, the President and CEO of the IAFE. Podcast number 29 is sponsored by ETIX. Today's guest is Katie Porterfield from the Kittitas County Fair in Washington, and the topic is Five Ways to Be an Ag-Fluencer. Let's listen in. Well, welcome everyone. We have a very, very special guest with us today, Katie Porterfield with the Kittitas County Fair in Washington. Katie, you have been very much involved in the IAFE, I think since just about the time you graduated maybe from high school or college. You've been very involved and had a rich history with fairs. Give us a little bit of the, about a background of how you came to be the general manager at the Kittitas County Fair. Well, you know, I think it had to all start back to growing up on a ranch in Northern California. Um, I loved showing cattle and horses at my annual fair, a little small town fair, Two Lake Butte Valley Fair. And, uh, you know, I got involved on the junior fair board. I was the youngest member to ever be a part of the junior fair board down there. And I did that for six years. And then when I, when I graduated college, it just made sense to go back and do an internship at another hometown fair at the Siskiyou Golden um, fairgrounds in Wairika, California. Um, that really engaged my spark for the fair industry and really set in stone just how important it is to agriculture and our community, which are the two things that I'm probably most passionate about. Um, and that led me to going to my first IFE convention and networking and meeting. And eventually I got hooked up with an interview to my first full-time job in the fair industry, which led me to Washington. <laughs> And you were on staff at Central Washington State Fair, is that correct? Were you a Yes, I got to be the agriculture department manager. So how perfect was that that I got to actually be the lead in agriculture at such a great fair. And uh, so that was just the perfect first step for me. And I was there for about four years um, before the manager position at the Kittitas County Fair just north in Ellensburg opened up. And it was always my um, goal to get back and manage a small county fair and be really, um, you know, close with the kids and livestock, just like how I grew up. I really wanted to be a part of that real hometown small feel and really work on helping shape those young agriculturalist lives. Absolutely. And doing such a great job of us. And so those of us in the fair industry, again, and those that, that follow Katie on uh, Facebook, we know that she is really a top agriculture advocate. In fact, what she's going to talk about today is, is five ways to be an ag-fluencer. We're going to ask her to explain that a little <laughs> bit. But I do want everyone to know that in January of 2023, uh, Katie was in attendance at the American Farm Bureau Federation's um, convention in Puerto Rico, where she was one of the top 10 finalists for an award for Young Farmers and Ranchers Excellence in Agriculture. And Katie, we congratulate you on that. We know that uh, you had to submit a massive application and then do an interview process. So congratulations on that recognition. Thank you so much. It was such a great experience and happy to represent agriculture and the fair industry while I was there. Good. Okay, tell us what an agfluencer is and five ways that we can all be that in the fair industry. So with being the chair of the Agriculture Committee for IFE this year, I just had this vision that the ag, being an agfluencer is just like one step beyond just being an advocate for agriculture. The whole basis of it really comes down to being a positive influence for agriculture, to be the people around you, their first thought when they think about ag is, oh, I wonder what... Katie thinks about this, or I wonder if Katie might know more about this thing that I'm 
you know, circling or thinking about that it involves ag, um, it's being that connection for people to be drawn to a trusted source. And more, so it's just that one step beyond just pushing out information and advocating is, is it really, you are an influence and we, you know, influencer is a huge buzzword today, especially in social media. You know, we have all these social media influencers. And so this kind of just ties into that new trend of our day and age. And the next step, I think we all need to be looking at. So being an influencer. So, well, let's just start counting them down. Number one, what's a good thing that we all can do? So my number one rule is to always be proud of your Aggie heritage or your, you know, your connection to agriculture. Be proud of that and to and showcase that um, even in a mixed crowd. Like my rule for myself on how I do that is to always wear my cowgirl boots. No matter where I go, if I'm dressed in professional dress, I have on a really nice pair. You know, like if I'm traveling, I have my boots on on the plane. You know, you get a comfortable pair. It's, it's you know, making sure it's okay to stand out in a mixed crowd. And it's okay to draw that extra attention to yourself a little bit because it gets people wondering. And maybe you'll spark a conversation that somebody is going to be able to get something from and you create more connection that way. So not being afraid to stand out and being proud of that heritage or figuring out how you can stand out when you travel. The other thing I love to do, I always love to wear either a shirt or a sweatshirt or a hat or something that says something about agriculture. Like, especially when you're stuck in a plane with people, you're like a walking billboard. Everyone is forced to look at your shirt as you're walking by them to your seat. You know, um, I've had more compliments or like just connections in airports about things that I was wearing um, as I'm loading onto a plane than anywhere else. So that's, that's my one thing is don't be afraid, you know, dress, dress the part if you can, um, if not do something that showcases your connection and be proud of that. Don't try to blend in wherever you go. Try to, you know, be yourself. Yeah. And in fact, uh, obviously, we're going to be pushing this out as an audio only, but we're recording it in Zoom. And I can see that your T-shirt says something about beef. Yep. Beef, period. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always an influencer. Okay. That's a great one. Always be proud and and proud of your heritage. So what's number two? So the second part of that is like socializing with non-agricultural people. And one good way to do that is becoming a part of community groups. Um, I really love being a part of my ag associations, right? And I'm getting to network and be with my ag people. But it's so important to be involved in your local groups, whether you have a Rotary or Alliance Club or Kiwanis. You know, there's so many different formats. And that's how you connect to other business professionals and they get to know you and you create connections within your community far past the agricultural base. And those are the people that you need to make a connection with. Um, and then you can become, hopefully along the way after creating those relationships, you become their trusted source or their connection to agriculture. Um, you know, there's there's only a, a few percentage of actual production agriculturalists out there. But we in the fair industry, of course, are a bigger part of that too. And we just got to keep expanding that network of people. And so I found by being a part of different associations that are non-ag related, um, I become the person that they're like, oh, um, well, she's a part of agriculture. So maybe she'll speak to us on this topic or something else that comes around. And that's been a great way to share um, 
agricultural news or different industry and like being a part of just showcasing um, the fair as well and bringing that connection back to the to the local fair and creating relationships for that through, you know, whether it be through sponsorship or anything. So I've just I found a lot of um, meaning through being involved and putting yourself out there. You know, maybe it's not your comfortable crowd, but it's a crowd that needs your connections and to hear from you. So. Yeah, it's similar to the concept that I think today we, we talk about the fact that on social media, we're probably in a silo. We're probably friends with and talking with people who feel a lot like we do. So if we take that to the live mode and just putting ourselves out there so that we are always representing agriculture, but not necessarily in the agriculture space, I think that's a that's a fabulous recommendation right off the bat. And like you say, you get to promote your fair while you're at it, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's great. Well, let's get in and see what we can do with number three before we take a break. Yeah. And so kind of to play off what you just said, you know, part of that um, experience is is actually sharing what you learn about ag or the things that you're experiencing and telling the stories that you come across as you go. I find um, that I've been able to get a ton of feedback. There's things that I'm a cattle rancher. So there's a lot of things I don't know about other sectors of ag. Like I don't know how to grow almonds. I, you know, but learning about them is so intriguing to me. So I've taken a part on social media, and this is a big step for agfluencers, is to share your educational like story along the way. Like you're learning and they're learning as you go, whoever follows you. And by doing through step number one and two, hopefully you've created connections and you're not in a silo and you're actually, you know, through luckily through sports and different things I've been involved with, I have followers and friends all across the world that I get to connect with that aren't involved in agriculture. So that's why, again, it's number two is really important. Um, But yeah, don't be afraid to be a learner and go out and share your learning experience because your followers are going to learn from that too. Um, or even if you knew something, don't be afraid to share more about it. You know, there's plenty of us know people and are friends with people on social media that are not involved in agriculture. And at some point, those stories are going to touch somebody. So just got to keep sharing those awesome experiences that you're also going through with them. Yeah, absolutely. And being constant learners, I, I like that, you know, the fact sure. that we always need to be alert. And and I think simply the fact that agriculture, the production agriculture is also changing. I, I sat in on a meeting a, a, in early January learning about technology and how yeah. there are literally like autonomous machines that can go out and they can save a farmer so much money because it's precision farming, not only on the planting, but when they go back to uh, apply fertilizer or a pesticide, it's it's very precise. And that is just simply amazing. Yep. And that's that's one thing, especially fairs, we have to be at the top of our game all the time because the, the ag industry is constantly always changing. And even if you're involved in production agriculture daily, it could be hard to keep up with all of the industry ch- trends and changes. So we have our work cut out for us in the fair industry if we're going to continue to you know advocate and do our job um, to the fullest. And so I just commend everybody's work to always stay updated and being involved and keep learning. And that's how we do it. So... That's fabulous. Well, that brings us to a good uh, point of taking a break right here. Katie, we want to hear a word from our sponsor, Etix. 
Over 100 fairs across North America trust eTix as their total ticketing and marketing partner. Visit hello.etix.com to learn about cashless solutions for rides and games, free custom websites, cash drawer management, and client support every step of the way. Hello.etix.com. And welcome back, everyone, to Marla by the Numbers. Have an extraordinarily special guest today, Katie Porterfield. Uh, she's the general manager of the Kittitas County Fair in Ellensburg, Washington. Uh, she just came uh, back earlier this year from being named one of the top 10 uh, young farmer ranchers in Excellence Agriculture Award from the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual convention. And Katie, again, we know you well that you have been such an advocate and such an influencer here. We're talking about the five ways to be an agfluencer. I've got to learn how to say that, agfluencer. <laughs> we talked about number one, be proud of your heritage. Don't be ashamed. Wear your hat, wear the boots, start some conversations. We talked about getting involved in groups and organizations other than agriculture so that we have a top opportunity to start those conversations. And then lastly, we talked about sharing our experiences as a learner. So we want to come back and hear what number four is. Awesome. Well, now we're getting a little bit deeper into it. And number four for me is to be a listener. We as agfluencers taking the next step, we need to be able to listen to people who are not from agriculture, really hear those concerns have empathy first, and then work on that relationship to find where they're at and how you can bring them closer to understanding more about ag. Don't just jump in all of a sudden with, well, you know, this, you know, these facts, blank, blank, blank. Um, you know, there's some ways to approach it a little bit better. They need to feel comfortable, especially if they're going to reach out to you, um, like cold call style. Um, they need to feel comfortable bringing questions and concerns to you so that they can learn more about it. And you, they want to be able to trust that you're not just going to be like, oh no, like that's not true. You know, like but validate their concerns. There are, they are valid. They only know from their perspective of what they've seen before. And so we just have to bring them from our perspective and meet them in the middle. And then after having some soft conversation and learning more about really truly what their concern is, then you can bring around your experiences about how you've seen it. And that kind of leads to some deeper factual discussions later on. But you have to be able to be a listener first and really come in soft with really listening and understanding where they're coming from and then meeting them where they where they need to be to hopefully bring them one step closer to to being a better advocate for us too along the way. I think that is so important. I think especially for those of us who grew up in agriculture where agriculture is just second nature to us, we understand every aspect of it. We have a tendency sometimes to get defensive because we often feel that there's an onslaught of of just agitation against agriculture. I was at a presentation recently and it's those are the extreme views, and it's really the minority. What we have to all concentrate is on what, what's called the movable middle, and listening is that very first step of, of, of truly trying to understand and validate their concerns. I love that you say that. It's absolutely imperative. Well, okay. What about number five? Yeah. So my final one is to be supportive of our agricultural industry as a whole and all the sectors of it. It's really important when we are talking with people who are not involved in our industry that we stay neutral on um, you know, things that might be like an inter-sector battle um, and you know, 
keeping those messages simplified for them on, on the basis overall of being supportive to agriculture is really how you want to start and really where your agfluencer journey should should lead you. Um, you know, we can't all be experts on every sector and it's like I've said before, so we have to constantly be open-minded and that means that we, as we've talked before, learning along the way, you know, there might be issues that are concerns brought to you that you might not know a lot about that sector. So before pushing um, an opinion out, you really have to like say, stay supportive as the industry as a whole, find those messages, say, hey, you know, I've, I might not know a lot about this subject here, but I know some great resources. Let me check back on that and I, I can help guide you along the way um, to find some answers or that you know may be able to help alleviate some of your concerns or answer some of your questions. Um, that's how I've approached some of the conversations I've had, but it's very much, we definitely don't want to assert opinions. Like I don't want to tell somebody that grain fed steak is better than grass fed steak. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not the point of being an agfluencer and that's not the message I want to share. My message I want to share is that beef is a healthy source of protein for you and whatever your preferences is, that's great as long as you're eating beef. So for example, that's, that's one way to stay neutral and be supportive of the industry as a whole. So, and, and do you see that continuing? I, what immediately came to my mind because you mentioned almonds while ago is we have almonds, the nuts, and then the juice of the almonds as almond milk, and we have dairy farmers in milk. And so, so are you seeing those two entities coming together and figuring out ways to have conversations to be supportive of each other? I think if they are not already, then um, they probably should be. And I think a great way to approach that is, you know, there are people who are allergic to dairy and it's amazing that they could have another, um, you know, source of food that they can enjoy that's similar to milk. And yes, we understand that it's different and that there's marketing differences within the industry, um, but there's room for more players in the game. And it's the same you know, kind of concept when we're talking about um, meat substitute products, you know, these products that are plant-based, um, you know, that identify or, or familiarize themselves as like a meat-like product, even though they have no meat in them, um, you know, but it's another source of protein. And for some people, that's a better choice for them. So, really some food freedom and giving people the choice to choose the foods that they think are best for their bodies or what they enjoy and or what they can afford because food affordability is also another huge issue. You know, that's why it's so important that we embrace all of the choices we have. And especially in the United States of how, how well we have a plentiful, bountiful amount of nutritious, you know, multitude of sources of food. It's, it's so important important that we embrace that because um, some people are lucky that they can afford different choices and but we want to keep all the choices available for everybody yeah absolutely excellent just so great and I'm going to go off not necessarily off topic but something I didn't prep to talk about but it, it came to mind that part of this understanding of food and understanding of agriculture is this perception that agriculture on scale i.e. the difference between a um, 50 
head cattle operation and a 5,000 head cattle operation, would the matter of scale in the minds of so many consumers becomes, becomes um, commercial, industrial. I've heard those terms used, but yet it's food and it's production of food. Uh, what Any tips on how we can talk about that in conversations that a farmer, even though they're farming several thousand acres with autonomous machines or feeding thousands of head of animals, is still about food production? Yes, and this is a topic that I care about a lot, actually, because there is a place for large farms and small ones. And I think no matter when we're talking about scale, the one one thing we should keep in mind is that still 98% of all of those operations, no matter the size, are family-owned, 98% family-owned in the United States. So, but the big thing is, is there's a place for both. They both serve different um, consumers. You know, there's The small ones might have a niche market locally where they can source, um, you know, local consumers who can afford those prices and such. But you need some of the bigger operations that can run more cattle and be able to feed, you know, larger cities as a whole or make it more affordable. Because as we know in economics, by scale, you can cheapen things and make it more affordable when you have a um, higher number, quantity. So, that's how we keep food really affordable by running really efficient, large operations, um, you know, and, and capitalism plays a big part in that too, and in, in scale um, to make things economically viable. Um, but there is a place and that, that keeps everyone fed. We have, you know, we are going to have to produce 70% more food now by 2050 to feed 10 billion people. The, the number is up to 10 billion people now. And from this point right here in 2023, we have to produce 70% more food. And we can't do that only on a small scale and we can't do it only on a large scale. It takes all kinds and we all need to stay working together. Mm-hmm. And keeping that food affordable uh, be, because yes. as we add those populations, they're not automatically going to be prosperous at all. In fact, it's going to be growing in the countries uh, where, where we have the least resources. So that's phenomenal. Yes. Well, Katie, this has been fabulous. Five ways to be an influencer. Be proud of your heritage. Uh, wear, wear your brand. I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, make sure that you're getting involved with groups that are not agriculture so you can share stories at every time. Share your learning as you go. Share your experiences listen and validate concerns. I think that's so critical. And all of agriculture, be supportive of each other. These are all fabulous, fabulous tips. I want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart, not for just being a guest today, but for being a leader in our industry, for serving as the 2023 chair of our agriculture committee for IAFE. I know we're going to do great things and, and thank you so very much for that. Any parting words for our listeners? I just want to thank you for the time and giving me this opportunity to speak about one of the things I love the most. And I'm really looking forward to this year serving as the IFE Agricultural Committee Chair. We have a lot of great work to do. So thanks, Marla. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for joining us for Marla by the Numbers brought to you by ETIX. To find out more about the IFE and our members, please visit fairsandexpos.com or our Facebook page, IAFE The Network.